Bridge Bank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to the risk takers, the game changers, and the disruptors. Bridge Bank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. Bridge Bank, be bold, venture wisely. Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S. From KQED. I'm Alan Montecilio, and welcome to The Bay, local news to keep you rooted. Testing positive for COVID-19 can bring up a lot of different emotions. Maybe you felt afraid, surprised, even angry. But there's also another feeling that has come up for many people, shame. Recently, KQED asked audience members whether they felt ashamed after getting COVID. It turns out a lot of people have experienced this feeling. Sometimes it's a gut reaction to testing positive, and sometimes it's just a fear of being judged by other people. Today, we're going to hear a conversation about how and why people are going through this between two of my colleagues at KQED, Carly Severn, Senior Engagement Editor, and Brian Watt, who hosts Morning Edition. Stay with us. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hi there, I'm Randa Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. When UCSF doctor Marisa Raymond Flesh tested positive for COVID last year, she was devastated. I am an incredibly uh, COVID-conscious person, in part because I really see it as my responsibility not to spread COVID for my patients, for my own family. The only thing that I had done was eat out outside once. And I was really surprised by the amount of shame and embarrassment that I felt having tested positive. Since then, she's made it a point to talk through these feelings of shame and embarrassment with her own patients. She says the pandemic's hard enough without harboring judgments about people and their behaviors. As my husband once told me, we have all been standing in a hurricane with an umbrella and sooner or later everyone's going to get wet um, to really see that we're all doing the best that we can. This Omicron surge was a Category 5 hurricane. A lot more of us got sick. So has this moment, when COVID seems so much easier to catch, helped ease how we've come to terms with getting infected? We've been hearing a lot about this from listeners lately. And joining us to talk more about it is KQED Senior Engagement Editor Carly Severn. Hey, Carly. Hey, Brian. How's it going? 
So you have been working on a story about this exact feeling of shame around COVID. So what resonated with you as you heard the doctor's story? So the doctor was just one of many people who got in touch when we threw out that question to our audiences. Did you experience this COVID shame? I was honestly blown away by the depth and the thoughtfulness of responses. I do want to be clear, obviously, this is not everyone's experience. There's lots of reasons why people wouldn't feel shame, but it's definitely a thing. And people were quite startled by how deeply they felt it. So what were some of the other stories you heard? One person said, you know, about taking their at-home test and seeing that result. I cried the second I saw the pink line. I felt as if I failed myself and society. Other people talked about how they felt like foolish for trusting the wrong person. You know, one person called their test result their scarlet letter because they were so worried about the judgment they faced. And also, Dr. Raymond Flesh wasn't even the only medical professional who got in contact with us to say, yep, I felt shame too. Now, you talked with some experts about what might be behind this idea of being ashamed of getting COVID. What did you learn? The big thing that struck me was this parallel with the conversations that we have around sexual health, specifically around sexually transmitted infections. Yeah, I mean, the data shows us that fear and shame are not effective strategies. So I reached out to Julia Feldman. She's a teacher and sex educator in the Bay Area. And she told me that this big similarity she sees between COVID and sex ed conversations is that this notion that it is your job not to get sick and that if you do all the right things, quote unquote, you can avoid getting sick. As humans, there isn't much um, example for us in terms of holding space for this complexity, the complexity of the fact that, yes, There are precautions that we can and should take about masking, about being outdoors, things that we can do to reduce our risk. But at the same time, we need to hold space for the fact that we can do all those things right and we can still contract COVID. But if you go down this path and suddenly getting COVID becomes in some people's minds like it is some moral failing. Because if being good enough helps you escape it, then if you get it, maybe you were bad. These things can coexist, and it doesn't mean there's a moral failing. It doesn't mean you've done something wrong. It just means that it happened. A lot of people, they'll wait to tell you that they've had COVID until they've recovered. You know, they won't tell you straight away. They will leave that amount of time so they've come out on the other side. And also, if people are feeling a sense of deep shame, they might be less likely to be upfront with you about whether they're positive or not, or even be reluctant to even get tested. I mean, it sounds like all this has just been so confusing for people. Could this confusion be a reason for all this shame? To me, 100%. Experiencing shame like this, such a strong emotion, it does not happen in a vacuum. So you've got that existing culture of shaming around disease and contagion. But above all that, I cannot help but feel that in many ways, this is kind of an inevitable consequence of the sheer amount of personal responsibility that's been placed on individuals over the last two years of the pandemic. You can hear it in the official public health language, right? Stop the spread, flatten the curve, do your part. But then that's coupled with this kind of real lack of support for many when they need it most. 
Just to give you an example, we are told that testing, it's the responsible thing to do. And yet, how hard was it to find a timely test during the Omicron surge? You can order your four free at-home tests now from the federal government via USPS, but that is not enough to cover a house full of roommates or a multi-generational household. We're told wear a mask, keep yourself safe, keep others safe. But only just now when we're entering this year three mark of the pandemic is the federal government making free masks available at pharmacies. And I don't even want to get into how hard it was back when vaccines were first made available. So in so many ways, people, they may be feeling like they've just been left to figure it out themselves. Looking to the future with Omicron being so contagious and really just everywhere, is this idea of being ashamed of getting COVID going to become a thing of the past, do you think? I really, really hope so, Brian. But honestly, the health communicators I spoke to for this story, they told me that it's going to take more than that. We need to overcome our centuries-old programming around shame and disease, but we also need to get a bit more nuanced about how we think about risks and responsibilities when it comes to our community. And in the meantime, I really like what Dr. Raymond Flesh said at the top of our conversation, this idea of standing in the hurricane without shelter and finally getting wet. And shame doesn't work individually or collectively. So let's find a new way through this. I think that there is room to sort of trust each other, that we are all doing the very best that we can every day to figure out what those trade-offs are for our own health and well-being. Um, and I think that that really is, is largely true. And it's often just so hard to understand the trade-offs from outside of someone else's life. It really, really strikes me that way with a lot of my patients. Carly, thank you. Thank you, Brian. That was Carly Severn, Senior Engagement Editor for KQED, speaking with Brian Watt, host of KQED's Morning Edition. You can catch Brian on weekday mornings at 88.5 FM. This interview was originally produced by Alexander Gonzalez with engineering by Katie McMurrin. I'm Alan Montecilio. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you Friday. I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. You get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks.